talking sports with a passion only Philly fans can comprehend. It's the Brotherly Love Podcast. Philadelphia fans, boo. We do it better than anybody else, I'd like to think. And I wear it like a badge of honor. How can we judge a guy? How can we honestly assess his quarterback play when he's just given some of the most terrible weapons the NFL has ever seen? Here are your hosts. This is one of the more disappointing outcomes for a Philadelphia sports team in the last decade. And John Mita. But Ben Simmons, my God, learn how to shoot. It is the Brotherly Love Podcast, Anchor.fm, and all your various podcast platforms. Joe O'Donnell, John Mita with you. What's up, Johnny Mita? How you doing, brother? Joe, I'm, you know, living, living the dream here. Here in the the wonderful state of Pennsylvania, you know, it's just I just can't get enough of this place. I'll tell you. <laughs> well, actually, that's not true because you you'll be in Florida any minute now. Well, that's true. I'll be in Florida in a couple of days, so it'll be nice to get some sunshine. But then I'll be back for a little shotgun three day Christmas extravaganza, and then back to Florida. But yeah, that's the uh, that's the Joe O'Donnell special right there. The seventy two hours or less for Christmas. That's it. I know. I'm, I'm so if you need any pointers, old. let me know. Yeah. <laughs> I could definitely use them for sure. No. Um, well, listen, there's a big football game coming up on Sunday. Uh, I don't know if we expected that maybe a handful of weeks ago, but here we are. The Philadelphia Eagles are six and seven. And let's just cut right to the chase, John Mita. Do they make the playoffs? In the hunt. They're in the hunt, Joe. Yeah, they they're in the, the hunt. Playoffs? I think there's two scenarios that need to play out here. They either need to go three and one or run the table. That's the only way they get in. So the question is, what game do they lose? Do they lose the last game to Dallas at the end of the season? Or do they lose one of these next two games against Washington? Um, Washington's been very depleted right now. I think they find a way to get in. I don't know. For some reason, they got a couple games at home. The crowd will be electric, and this is kind of what we thought would happen as their schedule lined up throughout the course of the year because early on it was just a gauntlet of facing really good teams, facing quarterbacks and everything. So, uh, yeah, what are, what are your thoughts? Do you think they're going to? Well, I'm, I'm going to go back a couple of months now, but that – 49ers loss in week two is really looming large, man. Yeah. Uh, you know, the Niners hold the last playoff spot. Uh, you got the Vikings right there, the Eagles, and then obviously the Washington football team. You play them twice, so you control your own destiny there. But not having that tiebreaker against the 49ers could be the reason they don't get in. And that was a game they should have won, um, to be quite honest. And they just didn't find a way. They, they found a way to lose that game. So – that's going to sting should they miss it. I'm a little torn on this, John Mita, because I'm, I'm always – I feel like I'm always the guy that's like, get in, get in. You know, it's an extra week. It's the pride of making the playoffs. It's maybe you get on a run, all those scenarios. But uh, this is a year where I was really banking or hoping for the th- three first-round draft picks. And, you know, if you go back to week four or week five or even week six of the NFL season, the Eagles are projected to have somewhere in the realm of three of what, the top 12 because the Colts were struggling, the Dolphins were grease fire, and the Eagles couldn't get out of their own way. Now all of a sudden you're looking at 
you know, if the Eagles make the playoffs, the Dolphins are sniffing the playoffs. I don't think they'll get in. The AFC is just too tight. But, you know, you're talking about the Colts, Dolphins, and Eagles all having, you know, eight to ten wins probably um, when, the, when the season's over. And if that's the case, can it three picks in the 20s or 15, 17, 23, or whatever they end up being? Right. That part of me is like, man, does getting in just to go get waxed by Green Bay or Tampa Bay, <laughs> like, what does that do for you? You know? Yeah. And, uh, and I hate looking at it like that, but there's part of me that's kind of leaning that way. So, do I think they're going to get in? I, I honestly can't answer that. This team has been too up and down, too inconsistent. They had a chance to take care of their own business a couple weeks ago against the Giants. Couldn't get it done. So what What makes me think that now they're going to get three? You know, what What? What evidence do I have to believe that, yeah, they'll get it done. They'll win three of the next four all in the divisions. I, I don't know. I don't – I don't. I want to believe it, John Mita, but I think the jury's still out for me. Let's see how they come out of this bye week. You know, you had a week to rest. You've had an extra week to prepare. There should be no excuses. Uh, for a slow start on Sunday, especially at home, especially against a team coming off a tough loss and a team that's got its fair share of injuries and COVID issues in Washington. The Eagles need this one as bad as anybody. If they come out and take care of business, I'm much more of a believer going in the following week. Yeah, I mean, and again, you look at you, – you I mean, you referenced the San Francisco as a winnable football game, but the fact that we lost to the Giants, oh, my God. Like, there's another game which would have yeah. helped out if we would have won that game, which was completely very winnable. Um, yeah, it'll be – and I'm with you. I, I'm never – I've kind of been torn myself because I'm like, I really want – if you were to get like three draft picks in the top 20 or the top 15, that's where you can plug the difference makers of your football team. Obviously we know that Howie Roseman is the guy that's going to be pulling the trigger on this picks, which doesn't make anyone in the city of Philadelphia and the greater tri-state area feel better about that. But at the well, same Johnny time, Mita, I feel like he's going to wheel and deal anyway. There's no, like I think if you were if you were like all right chances Eagles actually make three first round selections I would put it less than fifty percent. <coughs> are you are I, you choking <laughs> on the fact that this could be happening? No, I I agree. So then the question is because the quarterback class is not that good this year in regards to the draft, right. then they do the old frame for Sheila, the old stash and dash. Where then he trades maybe two first rounders this year, guarantees first round picks for next year, and then try to work the draft capital up to get one of the premier college quarterbacks the following year. Um, yeah, it's um, I don't know. And then do they trade some of these picks for perhaps a veteran quarterback in the offseason? So you're right. The whole thing is this I would love to get three. If I was the general manager, and I should be, um, I, I I would definitely take three defensive players. I mean, they need defensive talent at every single level, every single level. And I think they could really change the fortunes of the franchise and the football team moving forward if they were to take 
you know, three defensive draft picks. So All right, I know you've got I know you have those names ready. We yeah. we will break down their talent, their skill set, how you yeah. see them projecting as we get closer sure. to draft. But give our listeners the three names that oh, you've yeah. targeted on defense. Right. So the three names that I've targeted on defense, and maybe because you have three picks, maybe in order to get two out of three, you might have to package one of your picks. But the guy I really want, who is number one on my list, is the safety from Notre Dame, Kyle Hamilton. He's like 6'4", 218, 20 pounds. The kid flies. He's a playmaker. He's a difference maker. Okay, this team hasn't really had a good safety since Malcolm Jenkins. And Ronnie McLeod's holding the tooth. And, yes, I'm a believer in Kayvon Wallace, but he could only start at the other starting position. You're going to and, – and Harris has been an absolute train wreck. So, Kyle Hamilton, Notre Dame. The problem is this guy's probably all day long a top 10 pick. I don't know if we're going to be in the top 10. The other guy I want is the cornerback. Now, the best cornerback in the draft is Derek Stingley out of LSU. He's not going to be there. He'll be a top 10 pick, probably the Jets at number five. But the guy that I want, and he's got a name that the Philadelphia fans will love, Ahmed Sauce Gardner from the University of Cincinnati. So he'll be in the college playoff. Keep your eyes out for Sauce. He's 6'2". He's about 208, 10 pounds, very lengthy. He reminds me of Bobby Taylor as far as skill set goes. And, but I'm talking just skill set goes as far as, you know, having that length, being able to run with guys. Okay. He's unlike Bobby Taylor because this guy is not afraid of contact and will get up and hit you. And he's a very physical corner and he uses his hands extremely well. So that's the guy I like. And then I know, shading so. But for the love of God, if we could take a linebacker in the first round, baby Santa, whatever that is, the guy that I like is Nick Kobe Dean from Georgia. He won the Buckus Award winner. And if he's not there uh, at late, I know how he loves the Pac-12, how he's to listen up. Okay, Devin Lloyd's a linebacker from Utah. I take him as well. So, there All right, guys. there we go. Four names. Appreciate that, Johnny Mata. Thanks, Especially sauce. I'd be down for some sauce. Give me That's sauce on the corner. Yeah, I mean, to, if you got sauce and slay, can you imagine the SNS brothers, sauce and slay? Come on. Now. I love it. It's got a great ring. I love it. it. Big play slay's been playing much better, by the way. So is your boy, Von Maddox. But I digress. Phenomenal season. Pro Bowl. All right. Let's talk about yeah. this weekend against Washington and yep. what you're looking for to ensure – they keep this train moving in the right direction. Gotcha. Okay, the one thing I want to see is I want to see our defensive line earn their damn paycheck. Okay, that's number one. Let's get some pressure on the quarterback. I'm talking about Fletcher Cox. I'm talking about Hargrave. I'm talking about Josh Sweat, who's been in the witness protection program since he signed that huge contract extension. And maybe Derek Barnett. Maybe he could have a couple sacks and improve his stock. To only well, he's got to balance him out with some personal foul penalties, though. Exactly. So, so if it's two sacks, it. he's got to get right. one personal foul. Right. So I'm going to see defensive line pressure. I think that's extremely important. And I'm going to see Jonathan Gannon. This is a big game for the defensive coordinator, Jonathan Gannon. Dial up the pressure. If you watch games where Taylor Heineke's played, and we don't know if he's going to go, and we don't know if it's going to be Allen, the other quarterback, but dial up the pressure. You got corners that can play man-to-man. Maddox has played well. Steven Nelson, he's, you know, not the best corner, but he's very serviceable. 
and Slay's maybe having one of the best seasons of his career. So dial up the pressure. That's number one. Okay. The second thing I want to see is, again, Washington's really good against the run. Their secondary is kind of a little bit turmoil. But they, they got a lot of guys who are in protocol as far as the defensive line goes. And we all know that Chase Young's done for the season with a torn ACL. But I want to see, and for Nick Sirianni, you have to you have to find ways to get Devontae Smith the ball. Quez Watkins in protocols. So that means your starting wide receivers are going to be Devontae Smith, Jalen Rieger, our second white side, and Greg Ward. So if Devontae Smith does not get 10 targets in this game, I'm going to erupt with some furious venom because you got to get this guy the ball and you got to get Goddard the ball. So, and let, let's see if Jalen can improve on the passing aspect. We all know he's a fabulous runner. We love all of his intangibles, what he brings to the table as a quarterback, but we really need to see progression with him making throws finding guys but they also have to do a good job at the play calling so those are the biggest things for me you know get smith and goddard the ball the progression of jalen hurts when it comes to throwing the football obviously stick to the run game because that's been so effective use the offensive line strength but defensively the line has got to do their job and the thing that is so depressing to me joe and i talked to you off air about this is the fact that like i think at lincoln financial field the philadelphia eagles have Two sacks in, in, in like six home games. Unacceptable. Yep. I hear you 100%. Uh, is Miles Sanders going to play? Do we know this yet? Go. He better go. I did make the fancy playoffs, and I know I was listening to Podcast 100, and you know how much you love about my fancy football teams. So, yes, he's going to go this week. <laughs> two touchdowns for Miles Sanders. He's getting off the goose egg. I love it. With not one, but with two. How about that? Like, how crazy is that when you think about that? Like, I think he, I think he he only had like one touchdown all of last year. Rushing, anyway. Yeah. I mean, he's been, he has not been able to get in the end zone. It's been everybody else getting in the end zone. Everyone else, Boston Scott, Jordan Howard. It looks like Jordan Howard's going to play as well, too, which I think that's big because he's just that change of pace guy. But go ahead. So what are your thoughts on the game? So I'm with you. The running game has to be at the forefront. Um, But I want to see the coaching staff get the young quarterback into the game early. So if that's easy throws, if that's screens, if that's, you know, snap it and get it in the hands of your skill guys, whatever that, whatever that entails, that's, that's what I want to see from, from Sunday. Again, I, I'm I'm pushing, I'm emphasizing for a fast start because I think if you – the last thing you want is the crowd getting uneasy given how well Gardner Minshew played last week. So Great point. They, they need to get the offense moving the football early. And if it results in points, great. But none of this three and out, three and out, you're down seven nothing, you're down ten nothing, the crowd's sitting on their hands. Like, that's just unacceptable. So, Taylor Heineke um, is a quarterback that makes plays with his legs. He has a little bit of that it factor. And I'd like to see them take that away from him as much as possible. I mean, make this guy, like you said, earn your paycheck up front. Make this guy, put him in uncomfortable situations. Make him 
run for his life, turn the football over. Okay, this has to be a game where the Eagles come out with some attitude, with some swagger. Like, they want to be in the playoffs. You don't just come out on Sunday and go through the, the motions. Like, this has to be an inspired performance. It's got to be everybody on board from all facets of the game, special teams as well. Like, you can't, you can't have a mistake on Sunday. You can't have a unit not show up on Sunday. you got to be dialed in. You've had a week off. There's no excuses. And, you know, you're getting a lot of guys back potentially. So, I want to see an effort that starts fast, that's intense, that's inspired, and come out and play a complete football game. And I think if they do that, they have a very good chance to win. And if they win, then really they start to control their own destiny in a lot of ways for the playoffs. So um, that that's where I'm at on this game. Is there's no excuses. A lot of it's the mentality. Come in with the right mentality and get it done. Uh, last year, Miles Sanders had six touchdowns, which seems like a lot. I don't remember any of them. I guess he had a couple of long runs last year. Never as old yeah. as scores. He only had three in 2019. So in the last 38 football games, including this year, okay, the last 38 games that Miles Sanders has played, he has nine touchdowns. Jeez. In fact, that's ball. actually his That's his career. That's not wow. – he didn't even play before 19. So he had three as a rookie. He had six last year. He's got a goose egg this year. He has nine touchdowns and seven fumbles in his career. Not good. Not good. And only 2,263 rushing yards. Oh, like if you really want to get on the uh... – depressing train joe thanks for that i mean the You're worst welcome. that yeah i mean if you really want to hear the worst that of all time uh is the fact that justin jefferson has 1200 no, no don't want to hear it don't want to hear it <laughs> okay. i don't right. hear it i really don't okay so i'll send it to you. you okay no don't even right. text it to me i don't <laughs> i don't even want right. to i don't want to know it i don't want to hear it man Jalen Rager is going to be – he's going to be like a a less um, – a less like – I don't know what the word is. Like if you have Ben Simmons at the top of the food chain as far as like spitting venom at a player from a fan yeah. perspective. Yeah. Like uh, just a couple of pegs down is Jalen Rager when the season's over if he doesn't figure it out. So let's keep – Yep. Let's keep let's keep tabs on where Rager falls on the pecking order of athletes. We absolutely want to run out of town because uh, he's near the top to begin with. Oh well, well, speaking of Ben Simmons, I somebody trolled me last night. You know, I started talking about the situation, how the Jimmy Butler didn't want to be here because of Ben Simmons and his work ethic and blah blah blah. Next thing you know, of course, somebody comes back at me on Facebook saying, "You're wrong." I go, "Well, then why don't you give your opinion?" Then I look in the guy's Facebook. And it turns out his profile picture is Ben Simmons. And I'm like, oh, Ben Simmons apologist. Shocker. You know? Yeah. Like, yeah. yeah. Well, you're going to run into those occasionally. They're few and far between right now, though. I think yeah. that's I think that's safe to say. Yeah. Uh, Johnny Mita, give us a 30-second or a minute update, whatever you choose here, on the Villanova Wildcats. Whew. Well, they had a tough performance in Waco, Texas. Um I think there's a team that can that can definitely make the Final Four. Uh, they have the ability. It's just that it, it really comes down to matchups. Uh, Baylor is a very physical team, and when they get a team that's extremely physical and defensive-minded, that's going to be the test for the Cats. But I still think, listen, 
Their three losses came to UCLA, Purdue, and Baylor. And all those teams were in the top six in the country. So, you know, there's no, we're not, you know, we're not headed to the bridge yet as far as the season's. You know, they, they have a lot of work to do, and I think Jay's got to get some some freshmen playing a little more. But, you know, other than that, I, I think they're going to be just fine. Jay, I like I'm the fine. fact that they're playing real real competition, you know. The, it, it only holds well for the future. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, they have, they have the hottest, in my opinion, they have, like, the hardest schedule in the entire country. So, yeah. So, all right, quickly to the Flyers, who have now won three in a row, losing a thousand in a row, and firing uh-huh. their head coach. Can we get a yo three in a row? Huh? Hey, there we go. My guy, my guy, love me yeah. some Mike Yo. He told me there's. Uh, let me see here. I'll pull this up. I don't want to misquote him. Don't do that. He'll never come on the broadcast. Do not do that. <laughs> uh, actually, there's uh, there's some inappropriate language in here. Maybe I shouldn't read it. But basically, there's a lot to get done. Uh-huh. We'll get the, we'll get them going, is what he told me. And uh, it took a couple huh? of games, but and I know the competition they played the last few games is not the stiffest in the NHL. But they needed confidence when you're That's losing. Right. You know your mentality. Everything changes. The vibe. The the energy in the room, the culture in the room, like it takes a hit. And they weren't, they obviously weren't having success. Obviously, they had uh, stopped playing any form of team defense, leaving their goalie hung out to dry. They were not responding, in my opinion, to Elaine Vigneault anymore. And I don't know how much different of a system Mike Yo will implement. I don't know how much different the message will be, but clearly uh, they figured it out the last couple of games. It's nice to see. Take advantage of those games against the Devils and the Sabres and the Coyotes. I mean, listen, you got to pack your points when you can. And uh, so that I think, again, I'm looking at it as like, hey, get back to 500 and go from there. If they can get back to 500 by Christmas, I think it's a salvageable season. Uh, there's a couple games below 500 right now. They're only five points out of the final wild card spot with a couple games in hand. So as bad as it was and as maybe as bad as it's been, um, if Mike Yo can get them to commit defensively and they can get Ryan Ellis back at some point, I still think this is a good hockey team. I, I think here's the crazy part. Like twice in Flyers history, they've lost 10 games and they've made the playoffs during those years, which when you think about that, to lose 10 games in a season and still make the playoffs, that's pretty remarkable. So it's I not like, like that, it, Johnny. Man, a little, that's like a, a little stat of the day there. Yeah. So it's not like it can't be done. Um, they need it. Clearly, you know, Elaine Vigneault kind of runs the team. I liked the hire at the time. I thought it was good. but And they also got rid of Michelle Terrien, who was in charge of the power play. And then they get a couple power play goals in Vegas. And uh, so they need to improve that. But, yeah, we'll see. I mean, it's – there's still – I think there's still too talented not to be an absolute train wreck. I mean, I think Chuck Fletcher did a nice job of – making some improvements, mostly on the um, the blue line with the defense. So, And Ryan Ellis, that's a huge injury. I mean, that guy was making a difference. When he was in the lineup, they looked like a different hockey team. So, yeah, I agree. He's brought in to be a top four defenseman. He is a top four defenseman. Right. On, you know, I'd say probably 25 of the 
he'd be in your top four. Um, And to not have him for an extended period of time, and that was the worry with with Ryan Ellis, was the durability. He's been hurt a lot lately. He's a a bit of an undersized defenseman with a lot of of games under his belt, so there's some wear and tear there. Um, And he hasn't stayed healthy. And I would love to know the fly record with him and without him in the lineup. And I would bet you, you know, it's night and day. Yeah, we'll see where they go. We'll see if they can get them back. And in the meantime, they got to tread some water. Like I said, get back to five hundred. I like it. And, and the, uh, the other good I, thing yeah. is the the other good thing is uh, Portland Trailblazers continue to lose games. Yes. So every every night that Portland's on, I hate to say it, but I root for them to crash and burn and lose. That way, maybe Damian Lillard would change his mind and want to come to Philly. So they've lost six that. straight. So keep that streak going. Um, I have one thought uh, quickly, and we talked about this the other day when we were just BSing, but this four straight divisional games for the Eagles I think is a joke. I think the NFL is doing teams a disservice. I don't think – look, you could say it's possible to win four straight divisional games, but I tell you I don't care what team it is and who the opponents are. To win four straight in your division is not an easy task. And they stack all these divisional games at the end of the year because they want it to be exciting. They want them to mean something. They know there's more intensity. It's a rivalry, all that cliche garbage. But when you put yourself behind the eight ball, and then you have divisional games staring you, you know, right in the face, I think it's just it's a tough hill to climb. And I don't like it, especially four in a row. It seems absurd, especially when you haven't played Washington yet and you're in the middle of December. Like, that's a joke. Spread them out. Get it together. I, I don't like it at all. Yeah, I think it's too much to have four in a row. Could I see two to three? Possibly, but I agree with you. It's kind of, it's kind of ridiculous. But and, and playing these teams twice in three weeks—that's you know, like that, the Bengals play the Steelers and then they right. go play the Jets and then they come back and play the Steelers again. Like, what are we doing here? Why? Yep, I agree. Yeah, it's so, pretty idiotic. Yeah, not a fan of that at all. Yeah. I haven't been for years, and this year. Right. More than ever, you know, you're looking at, the, again, the Eagles. They put themselves behind the eight ball. They're trying to rally. Well, now they got to play four divisional games, which is more of a mental grind, a physical grind, uh, emotional toll. Like, it's just – it's a harder hill to climb than necessary because the NFL schedules it this way intentionally, and I, I just don't like it. Um, I got to – so, let's just real quick. It just – history was made last night for uh, those that don't know. Um, Steph Curry became the all-time three-point um, three-point shot leader in the history of the NBA. In my opinion, the greatest shooter in the NBA. And he basically, I think he hit, what, was it 2,974 three-pointers? And the record was formerly held by Ray Allen. But the crazy thing is Steph did this in 500, like, less games, which is absurd yeah. when you think about it. The other absurd thing is this guy has hit 10 three-pointers in more than 40 games in his career. Think about that. 10 three-pointers in 40 wow. NBA. And nine in 22, which is just it, – it's just – that's just absurd. But so shout so out you're to Scott. Like, you're telling me like 60-plus times in his career he's hit nine or more three-pointers? Yeah. That's insanity. And, and Sammy. And shout out to Dell, you know, with the nice young three piece he showed up to the game with. Just <laughs> good. Anyway, uh, edit that out, will you? Uh, <laughs> so, yeah. Wait, he. he uh, it's game. So, th- those 
those that don't know, like uh, Dell's father, you know, and his wife, they got divorced or getting divorced. It turns out she was kind of cheating on him with uh, with one of his best friends, some ex-football player. I think the guy's name is Bob Johnson or something. I don't know. But uh, so Dell showed up with these three young ladies. Though. I mean, these girls have to be in their lower See, 20s. first when you said three-piece, I thought you meant a three-piece suit. And then, then, you, qu- uh, then you quickly <laughs> – so wait. I, so somebody wrote his son. Who is Dell? How old Del, is Dell? Dell Curry. So Dell Curry is Steph and Seth's dad. Um, right. That's what I thought. Yeah. And he so was you're saying one of the greatest. He's now recently single. He, yeah. Or single, alleged, and, well, and, whatever. He, well, he was married. He's not anymore. And now he's occupied. Well, he's, he's mingling. I mean, yeah. on a whole new level. Yeah. All right. <laughs> so, well, you yeah. know what? However John it played Blessing. out, good for Dell. Yeah, yeah. But, I mean, he's one of the best three-point shooters of all time. I know, man. That family, they can yeah. shoot the rock. They, uh, yeah, definitely. No doubt. Um, lastly, and sure. I mean lastly, Minshew Mania. Will oh, you boy. please keep your club section under control on Sunday and at yeah. least wait until the third quarter before fans start clamoring for Minshew? I think do me that favor, John Mita. Listen, I think this is a big spot for Jalen Hurts to cement himself as the starting quarterback for the Philadelphia Eagles, not only to finish up this year, but to give himself another year. I think he comes out and has a really good game, and I think it'll put the Menchu Maniacs to bed. He knows it. We're going to see how much pressure. I mean, he knows that Gardner Menchu played a really good game. Um, You know, the offense looked a little different, they weren't struggling. Again, you know, it's the Jets, everyone. It, as well as Cardinal Menchie played, he also played, that's right, the Jets. So, yeah, let's not get crazy. Listen, great backup to have in the fold, right? It's always nice to have. I mean, it's like, all right, who would you rather have, Joe Flacco or Gardner Menchie? And, and Howie, Howie traded Joe Flacco for a draft pick. That's, that's, yeah, that is some serious wizardry there. I must say. Yeah, it's another dart to throw at the board for him in or April. Sorcery. I should say, not wizardry. Yeah. <laughs> so, all, all right, right, Johnny made it. Good stuff, brother. All right, you got it. Predictions, Joe. Let's do predictions. You go Prediction. Run. I think the Eagles win this football game, twenty-six to twenty. Woo! I like it. I like it. A lot closer than I have it. I'm drinking the green Ecto Cooler off the buy. I'm buying in large. Eagles win this game. 31-13. I would love that very much. And you'll have a nice, fun drive home if that's the case. Exactly. All right, Johnny, made a 30-minute podcast in the books. That's how we do. Bang it out. Appreciate you, brother. And uh, have fun you on got Sunday. It. Go Birds. Absolutely. Go Birds. Look forward to coming home and spending some Christmas Yuletide with you, Joseph. Holla. Get that eggnog ready. For John Mita, Joe O'Donnell, thanks for tuning in. Brotherly Love Podcast. Till next time, we'll see.